Well, good morning. It is uh, quite the unusual experience for us uh, to be able to be able to live stream without people in the room. And so I just want to talk to you in the room where you are and let you know that we understand this week has been an unusual week, one that none of us has ever lived through before. And so I just want to convey to you how much we've been praying for you, how much you mean to us, and what God is up to is something really quite amazing. Everybody's got their own stories about how, how the coronavirus, the COVID-19, uh, has changed at least partly their life. My nephew, Colby, is uh, the shortstop for the University of Alabama baseball team. He's a senior this year. All of his life, Colby has worked hard to become the best baseball player he could be. And on Tuesday of this week, his team won a game against the University of Alabama Birmingham, which set them up as the, as the all-time winningest team before conference play in the University of Alabama history. They're 16-1 and one after their first 17 games. Tuesday night when Kobe went to bed, he was getting ready for the, the beginning of SEC Southeastern Conference baseball play to begin on Friday. On Wednesday, he got word that no one would be allowed in the games except his parents and other relatives. And then on Thursday, while they were practicing, the coach pulled the team together and said to them, your season is canceled. For the other teammates, like Colby, who are seniors, suddenly, without warning, things they had worked for their entire lives were gone. I, I, I don't know what's happening in your life because of COVID-19. I know I've got one disappointed nephew. I know that for some of you, there's anxiety. And so I want to invite you to, to see what God can do in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the change. Uh, moms and dads, if you've got kids sitting there in your house with you, if you are, would you do me a favor? Would you, I, I understand social distancing, but, but I, I want to encourage you to reach out right now, just right where you are, and hug your kids and, and let them know that, that it's going to be all right. Uh, yes, the shelves at the store may be empty. Yes, uh, job situations may be changing. Yes, the stock market had a roller coaster week. But you know what? God is still on the throne. And he still loves you. So boys and girls, I want to encourage you to understand that, that God is here. We had prepared to have family worship today. And so, as Ariana was telling you a little while ago, there, there's some materials for you on our website. I hope, you'll, I hope you'll download them, mom and dad, and have them ready for your kids. I hope you've got them right now, boys and girls, because here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to, as I speak, sometimes the screen will change, and you'll see a slide come on the screen. And on it, you're going to see some letters and you're going to be able to fill out, there's two words for you to look for today while we're sharing together. The other thing I want to say while you're getting ready for that is this. Um, if you've got questions, for those of you who are watching on Facebook Live, one of our pastors is, is available through the comment section there. So if you've got a question about anything we're doing or anything I'm saying, 
I want to encourage you to post it there, and one of our pastors will answer that. Also, um, if you're watching us through the website, through es.church live stream, then I want to encourage you, uh, if you've got questions, you can email at info, I-N-F-O, at ESCHOG.org. And another one of our pastors is monitoring that email even as I'm preaching today. And you can ask any question you've got. We just want you to know that we're excited about what God can do in the midst of all of this uncertainty, in the midst of all of this angst, in the midst of all of this change. We believe that Jesus Christ is here with us and that he can give us hope Hope that lasts throughout our lives and throughout eternity. And so this morning, I'm going to continue a series of sermons that we had planned months ago called Conversations. The setting is the upper room where Jesus has washed the disciples' feet and he has shared the the. Passover meal in a new way with them as he's told them now instead of it being about the history of their Hebrew heritage it's about their present reality with him and in this passage he begins to let us see something really really important a friend of mine David Bish pastored in Pennsylvania for a long time planted a church God blessed them and in 2014 David wrote a book The book is entitled, I Don't Go to Church, I Am the Church. I show it to you this morning because um, I think that's the real opportunity that we have here. And I think it's the real message Jesus was sharing with the disciples in that upper room. See, even though our governor has asked us not to meet in assemblies of over 250 people, even though I've spoken this week with dozens of pastors from east to west coast who are either streaming as we are or, or finding other ways to worship in light of the coronavirus, uh, the real opportunity for us as Christians is that we, we really don't go to church. We are the church. You and I, we are the church. And, and David wrote it so eloquently six years ago, and I'm so glad he did because, you see, just two years after he published the book, uh, my friend David had an unexpected heart attack that took his life. And so while I don't have the opportunity to, to greet my friend David anymore, I, I do have the opportunity to read what God gave him to share with the rest of us. And today and in these weeks ahead, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to think in a new way. To think not that you can't go to church or that you can't gather with your friends or that you can't do what you've wanted to do all your life. But but instead, I want you to think about what you can do. I want you to think about how you can be the church. And what I want to encourage you to do is to adopt a fresh mindset that says, okay, Maybe we shouldn't be gathering together for a season. This season will end. We will walk through it. And there will be a day when we'll fill this room again with people. But but for now, maybe, maybe for now we will learn some lessons. Maybe we'll learn about some things that God wants us to know about how to follow him. That's what Jesus was saying to the disciples in that upper room. What Jesus was saying to the disciples is, hey, look. I want you to know my heart. 
I want you to be my church. And so in John chapter 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17, we find the heart of Jesus. And in these days when our lives have been disrupted by a virus, it's important for us. Even though we have to experience social distancing, I want you to know that's about your physical bodies. I'm really praying for you that you will not be socially distant in your hearts. That instead of letting this be a time where we isolate our hearts while we isolate our bodies, that this would be a time, a time when we can begin to reach out to one another in ways we haven't before. Pick up the phone, call a family member, check on a neighbor. Find your way, your opportunity to be the church to the coworker who's anxious about their children, to the children who are anxious about their parents, to the neighbor who might not be able to get out because they've got a disease that places them in, the, in that category where they're at risk more than some of the rest of us. Don't just mourn the fact that across this nation, churches are not gathering in rooms. Instead, celebrate the fact that across this nation, the church is being born in our hearts. So as Jesus talked to the disciples, let's let him talk to us. You see, in John chapter 15, he makes a very important distinction in this whole understanding about what it means to be the church, for you and me to be the church. He, he, he talks about a concept called abiding. Uh, abiding is is an action word. It's actually an, an art form, actually. It, it, the art of abiding is, is something that is, that is more than just standing still. We, we think abiding means, oh, I just have to stay here and, and plant myself. And how else can you explain all the people who in the first 72 hours of this situation with our governor asking us to, to stay a little more isolated and have a little more social distance, I'm seeing all types of tweets and Instagram posts and Facebook posts of people asking, what are you binge watching? What are you, what are you doing to pass the time? No, no, abiding is more than just remaining in a place. No, there's an art to abiding. In fact, abiding is an action word. It's a word about how we connect with God and with each other. And and Jesus, Jesus uses a metaphor and a statement to tell us how we can learn this art. In John chapter 15, verse 1, he starts this way. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone 
does not abide in me. They are thrown away like a branch and they wither. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Is it possible? I I think it is, but I I think we've all got to decide. Is it possible, really possible, that that God is not surprised by COVID-19? That God is not surprised by the changes our society and our culture are making in light of this virus for which we humans at this current time have no cure? I, I would suggest to you that he's not surprised at all. And I would suggest to you that just as we are entering into this time frame where where we're trying to figure out what God wants us to do and how he wants us to be the church, the disciples in that upper room were about to enter into an unknown territory as well. And what Jesus said to them is what Jesus wants to say to us. I want you to abide in me. I want you to remain in me. And there's an art form to it, and it's full of action. So Jesus begins with was something they already knew. You see, throughout their lives, the the disciples had been taught as Jewish men that Israel was the vineyard of God, that it was Israel, the house of David, the the people of Abraham, the, 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 the Israel that they had been raised in their whole life, that they were God's vineyard. And if you read the Old Testament, you'll discover that time after time after time, the the people of Israel who were the vineyard of God ended up not producing the kind of fruit that God, the owner of the vineyard, wanted them to produce. In fact, in a couple of different places, the prophets talk about the fact that God's vineyard was producing sour grapes, that God's vineyard was producing things that God didn't want produced, and and he was disappointed in the vineyard. If you also read that Old Testament, you'll discover that, that there's a place where where God is referred to, and he refers to himself as the great I am. When, when Moses was facing a burning bush and the voice was speaking to him and, and Moses was being instructed to go back into Egypt and deliver the people of God from Pharaoh's bondage, and Moses said, well, who do I tell Pharaoh is sending me? The voice in the, in the bush said, tell him that I am sent you. So throughout Jesus' ministry, whenever he would compare himself and what he was offering people to what they had only experienced partially in their Hebrew heritage, he would use phrases like, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. And on this night, as he's preparing to die on a cross the next day, as he's trying to prep his disciples to live in uncharted territory, he says to them, I am the true vine. And while you and I hear that and we think immediately of vineyards and grapes, no, no, see, they thought immediately of Israel and their heritage. 
what the disciples heard was not the same things we hear because we didn't live in a culture where we were always comparing ourselves to the vineyard of God, but they had been raised in that culture. And so now, now here they are saying, hearing, Jesus is the true vine. And his father, Yahweh, God, is the vineyard keeper who's there to, to take care of the vineyard. As we're walking into this uncharted territory, I want to encourage you to know that God is your true vine. And the art of abiding in who Jesus is, is the same art he was inviting the disciples to. He invited them to remain. He invited them to take action. He invited them to understand that he is the true vine and they are the branches. We are the branches. God is the one who is in charge of our growth. God is the one who is in charge of helping us discover how we were wired and how we were made to be and the way he made us. And, and so if we're going to be the branches connected to the vine, then the first step in this art of abiding is that we have to learn what it means to submit to Jesus and to be obedient to Jesus. You see, abiding in Jesus requires us to, to say to him, we trust you. To say to him, we're going to live the way you want us to live. And when we live in that way, when we, when we hear those words, I am the true vine, you are my branches. My father is the gardener. If you stay connected to me, if you abide in me, then my father is going to prune you. He's going to remove the things in your life that are hindering your growth, even COVID-19. But sometimes... Sometimes what you think is hindering your growth may actually be contributing to your growth. See, there's a difference in breaking off dead branches, Jesus tells us, and being pruned with intentionality. Could it be, is it possible that perhaps this entire situation we're living through, this uncharted territory we're walking into, is a time for us as followers of Jesus Christ to ask ourselves the question, have we just been going to church? Or are we willing to be the church? Look again at what Jesus said when he addressed the disciples. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean. Because of the word that I have spoken to you, abide in me, and I will abide in you. What kind of fruit is he talking about? What does he want us to do with our life? The Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5 in verse 22 says it this way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. What Jesus is inviting us into is a place where we abide in him 
and we're connected to him. We stay with him. You see, the art of abiding requires us to submit and be obedient, but it also invites us and it demands that we that we stay connected to Jesus that we stay connected to the vine and that as we're connected to the vine we continue to be cared for we continue to to be the people that are so connected that we allow God to shape us that's why I asked you a few moments ago moms and dads if you've got your families there with you I, I, I ask you to to hug them I ask you to take a few moments and reassure them. You've got to let them know that Jesus is still in control. God is still on the throne. This world is not falling apart in such a way that Jesus is surprised. You've got to understand that he is connected and you are connected because of your obedience to him. He he wants you and me to know that his desire in our hearts is for us to live abiding, connected to him, and to be, let him continue to care for us. That's why there's pruning. That's why there's, there's taking away the parts of our lives that are hindering us from growing. And so that's why the art of abiding is more than just staying in the same place. It's about what it means to be connected to God and let him continue to care. That's why I ask you if you would consider what it means for you right now in this time to reach out to somebody near you, to reach out to someone who may have a health issue, to care for those in your family, to care for those who are isolated, to care for those whose jobs may be in danger because of this hit to our economy. If we're going to abide in Jesus, if we're going to be connected to God through his son, Jesus Christ, if we're going to be filled with the Spirit of God, then we have to understand that that abiding in Jesus isn't just about sitting around having our holy moments and our meditation time and our reading of scripture for our personal edification or growth, but, but instead it is, it is for all of us to care for each other the way God is caring for us. Uh, Jesus said it this way, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that phrase, you can do nothing, (laughs) it, it actually means you can do nothing of eternal value. You, you can do nothing that's going to make a difference long term without Jesus. That, that's why it's so important for us in this time to be people who understand how much we're dependent upon God. That's why it's so important for us in this time to stay connected to the vine as the branches are connected. Because you see, when you're connected, 
your life becomes marked by two very special things. The first is you're marked by accountability. If you're connected as a branch to the vine, you you don't just wander off in your own direction. You don't just pull back and isolate from everyone else. No, no, you're accountable to them. And you're accountable in a loving spirit to them. I'm very excited. I told our worship team this morning as we were planning and preparing to bring this worship service to you and your homes, how excited I am about the fact that this may be the greatest opportunity the church has had in my lifetime. This may be the greatest opportunity we've had to show the love of Jesus Christ to the people around us. To find ways not to say, oh, you ought to go do this, or the government ought to do this, or the administration ought to do this, or the pastors ought to do this. But to ask the question, if I am the church, what am I supposed to do? How do I share the fruit of my connection to God through Jesus Christ? How am I accountable to to care for my neighbor? How am I accountable to to make a difference in my family? You see, I I think these days can be very exciting in your family. Now, there are some dangers involved. Earlier, I mentioned binge watching or screen time. I also want to tell you that not every family enjoys being together in this close proximity. Those of us who live in the Midwest can remember that whole anxiety that comes when a blizzard locks us in the house with the same people for day after day after day after day. And we're like, Lord, please let me out of this house. Well, what I'm suggesting to you is maybe God puts us in that house for that season. Maybe God asks us to pull back and change our pace because maybe, maybe we need to refocus a couple of things I would suggest, pretty practical things, I think. Uh, be careful how much you eat while you're isolated at home. Because one of the things the doctors are telling us about COVID-19 is that, that one of the great fears they have for our nation is that because of the obesity of the people in America, we may actually be more prone to this disease than we think. Because that obesity makes us vulnerable. Find ways in your social distancing to exercise your body. Find ways in your huddles at home to to build accountability. I'm going to get almost over the line a little bit today. But but hey, you're listening to me and you're not here. So nobody's going to throw anything at me. So listen to what I've got to say. If you've got addictive behaviors... If if you've got addictive behaviors with alcohol or with drug abuse, prescription or or not, or if you've got addictive behaviors with food, if you've got addictive behaviors with pornography, this is a time for you to let the Spirit of God free you from those behaviors. Please, particularly families that are going to be spending more time with each other, I'm inviting you to take inventory. I'm inviting you to be accountable to the vine, to be connected to God, to allow this time when your social calendar has been completely cleared, when your time frame has been completely rearranged, when it's no longer business as usual, use this time for God to to make some changes in you Because you see, abiding in Jesus, this submission and obedience, this this sense of connectedness and his continued care for us, it should change our lives to where we're marked by an accountability to each other and to him 
and it should change our lives to the point that, that we are marked by the fruit of the Spirit, the love that Jesus gives to us is for us to give to others. Listen to it again in the way that Jesus said it. If anyone does not abide in me, they are thrown away like a branch and withered. And the branches that wither are gathered together and thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You see, abiding in Jesus produces a fruitful love and joy that changes who we are. Even in an uncharted territory like this one. Even today. For, for those of you who are watching this live right now, I'm going to ask you when we finish here in a few minutes to come back together with your family and take just a few minutes and, and take an inventory as a family. What is it in our family that we need to do in this time? What is God trying to say to us as a family for those of you who are watching the rebroadcast of this later on today as, we've archi as we archive it for you to be able to, then I'm going to invite you to do something some of you have wanted to do for years when you sat in this room and listened to me speak. I want to ask you to hit the pause button. You can take a remote, look up at me and just pause me for a minute. And I want you to take this opportunity to take inventory. What needs to change in our family? What needs to change in my life? Whose forgiveness do I need to seek? Who do I need to forgive? Listen again to the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. If we're going to abide in Christ... In the midst of turbulent times, uncharted territory, then we, we have to take the opportunity to take an inventory, to ask ourselves the question, are we really producing fruit, a fruit of love, and a fruit of joy? Jesus said it this way, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that, you, that you will know that my joy is in you. And that your joy may be full. Dear friends, we are living in turbulent, uncharted times. But we have a God who loves us, who sent his son to show us that if we will understand that he is the vine and we are the branches, that we can abide in him and we can be active, and we can be fruitful, and we can be the love of Christ shown to the world. 
I believe there is no greater time than this for you and me to quit going to church and start being the church. Oh, yes, we will have times when we come back together and we celebrate all that God has done. And we'll do it on a regular basis. But maybe, just maybe, out of this time, we can learn what my friend David Bish tried to teach us so many years ago. That I don't go to church. I am the church. And so I want to invite you to do two things right now. I want to invite you to write down this email address. I shared it with you earlier for those of you watching the live stream through the website. It's info, I-N-F-O, at E-S-C-H-O-G dot O-R-G. And what I want to invite you to do is to pray today, tomorrow, the next day. And if you're willing to be a part of a response team that would, that would help people who are isolated in this time frame, people who may not be able to go out and get their medicine, people who may not be able to go out and get their groceries, people who may need someone to bring some things to them. If you'd be willing to be a part of that, I want you to email info at schog.org, I-N-F-O at E-S-C-H-O-G dot org, and say, hey, count on me. Because... We believe that God is using us. He's called us for a time such as this. The other thing I want you to know is if you're, if you're isolated in your home and you're watching this broadcast, then I, I want to invite you, if you need help, if you need someone who can check on you, if you need someone who, who will bring you supplies, resources, I want you to use that same email address, info at E-S-C-H-O-G dot org so that we can respond as the body of Christ, that we can be the church for you. Now, the last thing I want us to do today is something that I believe is the most important thing that we're going to do and that you will do today. Just as our governor has called, as many other governors around this nation have called on the churches and and organizations in their states to limit the gatherings to certain sizes. And so as a result, like many of our brothers and sisters in Christ around this country, we are broadcasting our services online and encouraging you to stay home and to help us lower the curve, flatten the curve of the coronavirus. Our president has asked that today, March 15th, be a national day of prayer. And as followers of Jesus Christ, who know that he is the vine and we are the branches, and that our Father, Jesus' Father, is our gardener, I'm going to invite you to find the joy and the peace and the love and the fruitfulness of Christ in your life and to start with prayer. So if you would, wherever you are, unless you're driving, if you're driving, do not do this. (laughs) But if you are at home or you're in a place where you are gathered with a, a few friends or family to watch the worship experience this morning, I'm gonna invite you right where you are to bow your head, close your eyes, and let's together ask God
not just for our nation, but for the world. Because our brothers and sisters in Christ, and I know that watching this, there are, there are friends of this congregation in Bangladesh and South India and the Ivory Coast of Africa and throughout Asia and South America and the islands. There are people of this body of believers, people who've been touched by Eastside Church who are watching this stream. And so I, I want us to pray for the world. Would you join me in that prayer? Heavenly Father, we are living in a world unlike any we've ever seen, in a time unlike any we've ever experienced. But we know that it's not a surprise to you. And we know that you can take all things, even things the enemy of our soul intends for evil, and you can make them good. And so right now, today, we join our hearts and our minds and our voices with the hearts and minds and voices of people from many languages and many places in asking you to bring about a cure for this illness, in asking you to use this time frame to make a difference in the lives of people. We ask you to use us to do that. We, we ask you to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what your spirit is saying and doing in the world around us. We're asking you to heal our world. For it's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.